Hello, everybody, and welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. I'm Cliff Hickman from the Canton Repository. I'm here with Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Not too bad, Cliff. Not too bad. It's uh, week nine of the high school football season. Feels strange to say that already, but here we are. And it's always, we were just talking about it off the air. Of course, everyone thinks about Maslin and McKinley in week 10. Week nine, kind of a strange uh, week for both teams. Uh, tell us a little bit about Maslin's game tonight. Um, it might have been drawn. The first quarter probably was drawn up as well as Maslin could could hope. They beat Worcester 31 nothing, and uh, by the time Maslin took its first offensive snap, it already held a 17 nothing lead. Um, Worcester uh, kind of runs a quick kick punt on their first possession. Nathan Depoy, I know I just botched that name. I apologize in advance. Picks up the ball because Worcester's not going to to cover it and down it. Picks it up and runs down the sideline for a 48-yard touchdown. And then Maslin gets another three and out on defense, and Worcester punts it. And Austin Brawley, you know, gets his weekly highlight with a 44-yard punt return for a touchdown. And it's 14-0. Then on the first play of the third Worcester series... Cam Beasley comes up with an interception for Maslin, putting the Tigers at the Worcester 22. They get a field goal from Shane Rue. From that point, it's 17-0. They they tack on a couple of Freddie Lennox Jr. touchdown runs. And, you know, like less than two minutes into the second quarter, it's 31-0. And for all intents and purposes, honestly, that was sort of it. I mean, from the rest of that game, it was sort of, Worcester had a couple of drives uh, in the game that got inside the Tiger ten, but but Maslin came up with uh, Maslin came up with a, a strip sack by Marcus Moore that uh, Depew uh, again I missed that botched that name uh, recovered uh, to turn that Worcester uh, threat away, and then in the third quarter they they break up a pass in the end zone on fourth down to preserve the shutout. But like you said, you know. Week nine is so strange sometimes for for these teams. You know, you think, I, I'm pretty sure for the Tigers it was, once they got that lead, 24 nothing in the first quarter, it was like, okay, let's just do what we have to do to, don't stop playing, but do what we have to do to get keep the lead, get this win, and try to stay as healthy as possible going into going into uh to next Saturday afternoon's uh hundred and thirty second meeting between them and the Bulldogs. And McKinley found itself in a battle. I was over at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, the site of uh next week's Maslin McKinley game, where McKinley hosted Glen Oak and it ended up being a very competitive game. The Bulldogs uh, fell behind 10-0, but rally for a 34-26 win over Glen Oak. Uh, they got big performances from the usual suspects there. Harold Fannin Jr. had a couple of touchdown catches, and Chris Williams looked really great at running back after they got out of the gates after that slow start. Uh, they really started to click and actually took a 27-10 lead into halftime, 
But then Glenn Oak, I thought, you know, maybe McKinley might uh, score a couple more times and we might see a running clock. But Glenn Oak comes out of the locker room and just had had made some really nice adjustments and ended up outscoring McKinley uh, 17-6. Now, with four minutes left, they did have a, a fourth and 10 in McKinley territory. And they threw a pass into the end zone, and it looked like, from my perspective, and I think even the radio guys next to me, it looked like McKinley tackled the uh, Glen Oak receiver early. There was no flag. It was a turnover. And from there, McKinley was able to hold on to the ball the final four minutes and uh, prevent Glen Oak from getting another shot, but ended up being a very competitive game. Chris Williams, though, had a really nice game at running back. He carried 18 times for 161 yards and that touchdown. Harold Fannin Jr., three catches for 101 yards, two touchdowns. And he and he had probably the single most impressive play of the night where he just took a simple slant route and took it 59 yards for a touchdown and just kind of decided he wasn't going to let anybody catch him. He just kind of made one cut and was gone. It was uh, pretty impressive to see, but now, all roads lead to uh, next week's game against Maslin. McKinley comes into this one at 6-3, uh, and three, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a pretty entertaining game with a lot of fun storylines next week. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's always, you know, I mean, there's going to be obviously plenty of, plenty to talk about next week once the, as, as the game gets closer, but, you know, I, I think for both these teams, you know, the way the season started, especially for McKinley, you know, Maslin obviously opened with that loss to Pick Central, uh, but bounced back. They, you know, they played Glen Oak in week two. Um, McKinley get, has that mentor loss and follows it up with a loss to Fitch. Uh, and, and, but it's good to see the Bulldog, you know, you like seeing these teams kind of going into this game on, uh, you know, kind of on the upswing. It just, it makes for a, a more fun week, I, I, you know, going into the game, easier to kind of, you know, not that it's not easy to get up for the game because it's the game. I mean, it's it's the biggest game in Stark County every year, but uh, to have both teams sort of, sort of finding their strides, uh, you know, going into this game. And obviously for both teams, the playoffs await after this, but, but it should be fun. But uh, obviously there's a lot, to, a lot of other games uh, that went on tonight. And, you know, I, I Cliff, let's talk about, you know, uh, let's talk about the, maybe the hottest team in Stark County and that's the Uber Vikings. Yeah, they uh, they defeat Green tonight, 17-7. to That gives them at least a share of the Federal League title. They can win it outright next week if they can beat Jackson. But um, that's a team I've seen a few times, got a, a really good feel for them. It's a team that had to make a lot of adjustments after the the injury to their starting quarterback before the first game of the season. They've kind of transitioned to a run-heavy offense and behind a, a really strong line. I mean, that's where they win their games. That The offensive and defensive lines are so good for them. And uh, it's just something that's uh, really worked out. Luke Roach had another nice night, 33 carries for 162 yards. Um, 
you know, it's just a, it's just a great story, I think, because, you know, they got off to such a tough start there and uh, with the injuries and to see them rebound has been, uh, has been one of the, the better storylines of the season. And there's a, uh, they play just fundamentally sound football. They don't, they don't commit a lot of turnovers and don't commit a lot of errors. And then you have, you know, someone like Robbie Smart, he has an, another 34 yard field goal tonight. He has a great leg and those are the, type of things that can help you separate a little bit in a close game if you have that field goal kicker that's uh, got an above average leg like that in, in a big game. Yeah, you know, speaking of kickers, let's move to another game. And and that's uh, the team that Hoover's going to play next week for uh, in order to either win the, game, the, the Federal League outright or, or, you know, fall into a share of it. That's the Jackson Polar Bears. But you talked about kickers, uh, you know, uh, Nikos Paxos, uh, uh, Nico Paxos, uh, Jackson's kicker. We would be remiss to, if we didn't, you know, on behalf of everybody here on this podcast and uh, at, the, at the Canton Repository and Masculine Independent, not send our condolences out to him on, on the loss of his father, uh, Chris, uh, earlier this week. And uh, yet, you know, he went out tonight and, and, and he was, he kicked for the polar bears who get a, a big win over, over central Catholic tonight. Yes. There's some things that are obviously bigger than sports and uh, definitely send the condolences out to the young man. That's tough. I couldn't imagine going through that at, at such a young age and then being out there and playing in a game a, a few days later. And, and uh, that's just, uh, just a, a terrible story there and definitely thoughts go out to the family. Yeah. Jackson, uh, there's no easy way to transition, but Jackson uh, to the actual football part of it, but Jackson, uh, a 38, 10 win over the Crusaders, um, yeah. you know, kind of bouncing back from that tough one against, uh, against McKinley last week. Uh, uh, you know, I, you know, there's been a lot of times when the McKinley game has fallen in the, mid to late portions of the season for Jackson where they they've lost that game and it's sort of snowballed on them. And it seems like even with the team kind of playing with a heavy heart tonight for, for non, for much bigger reasons, they were, they were able to, to stay focused and take care of business against central Catholic. And uh, speaking of other teams that went down to the wire how about another overtime game for Perry? And then you have Lake involved, a team that's gone down to the wire like the last four weeks now. And in the end, the Blue Streaks defeat Perry 28-27 in two overtimes. Chris, the Panthers go for two in the second overtime, and the run fails. And that's how Lake holds on for that win. Yeah. Four overtime games for Perry this year. They're one in three in those. And, and you know, Zach Slate's, you got to feel for the guy because, you know, you're sitting there now at, at, at two and seven in, in your first year as a head coach, yet you think here's three games that, you know, if the ball just bounces – you know, one bounce of the ball, you know, one break here in, in each of those three games, you're five and two. 
if, if my, you know, my public school math is correct. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's frustrating, but, you know, for Lake, you know, the defense, you know, this blue streak team has really held its head, hung its hat on defense, you know, all season. And, and to get that stop when you, you when, you know, when the game is literally on the line, huge for them. Yes. Lake has a, a really nice defense. It's just a, a hard-hitting team. They're they're really really fun to watch. And then we'll just round up some of the the other games. Louisville got its first win of the season tonight. They defeated Alliance 28 to 27 on the road. Alliance scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, the last one came with about eight minutes left to bring the game within a single point, but it never got closer than that. Uh, a big one over in Fairless. Triway defeated the Falcons 37-13, to Chris. There was obviously a, a lot on the line for both teams in that game. Yeah, uh, what it basically does, Fairless came in at 8-0 and, and the only undefeated team in, in the league, but Triway and Manchester both came into the night with one league loss. Obviously, Triway wins tonight. Uh, you know, beats Fairless to kind of to forge a two-way tie atop the top the league uh, standings because Manchester dropped a, a 21-6 decision to Northwest. But getting back to this Triway Fairless game, basically, both of them have teams in the next week with with losing records and rivalry games in Week 10. Fairless will play host to Tuss Law. Triway will play host, uh, I believe, play host, or maybe they go to to Orville. Regardless, they play Orville. So for both these teams, if they both win, they share. Th- th- they'll share the league title for Fairless. That that's a uh, that would be their first league title in since 1979. Uh, but 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 looking at this game, it would, the, the difference was the second quarter. Triway outscores Fairless 20 to six to turn a 7-7 game into a, a 27-13 game. And, you know, Seth Vizo rushes for 158 yards and a touchdown for for Triway. Zach Miller throws for 163 yards and two scores. You know, the Falcons turned the ball over three times, which is something obviously you can't do in, in a big game. And, you know, no doubt the Falcons will, will bounce back and, and, you know, refocus. And, you know, the fact it's a rivalry game – should be huge for them to uh, to kind of get their their focus right, knowing especially that you don't just you win the rivalry game, you don't just win the rivalry game. It gets it, it ends that 40, uh, 42 year uh, league championship drop. Absolutely. And then speaking of league league titles, we'll take a look at the Eastern Buckeye Conference real quick. Uh, the mo- the unexpected score was West Branch defeated Minerva tonight. Uh, the the Warriors won that one 77 to zero. Actually, they were up in this one 42 zero after the first quarter. They set and tied a bunch of individual program records. Uh, running back Stephen Mara, I think, set the season record for touchdowns. I think he has 23 now. Nick Wilson caught a couple touchdown passes and tied the single season record for touchdown receptions with 14. Ben Tolson set the new program record for career PATs with 96, and they clinched a share of the Eastern Buckeye Conference title with that win. Now, 
they ended up winning it outright a little bit later because Marlington upset Carrollton 35 to 28. The, the, the big story of that is Marlington survived 364 yards rushing from Chase Olstrom. He carried 50 times. It's not often you see a line like that in a game, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm, you know what? I can remember, you know, we, we were talking about Fairless and, and Tussle. Briar Marthy a couple of years ago carried the ball 50 times in a game against against Fairless. And that's the last time I know uh, I, Jameer Thomas carried it for Maslin like 42 times in, in a game against him in, in a win over McKinley a, a few years ago. But, you know, you're, you get over 40 carries, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're basically putting the saddle on, 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 on the young man and saying, you know, we're going to ride you to victory. And, and, and that's, uh, that's obviously what, you know, what happened. Although it didn't this time, you know, it, which you know, which is maybe the most surprising thing is a lot of times you see that you know that the team that does that wins. In this case, Carrollton comes up a touchdown short. Yes, I was kind of surprised, and I can't put my quite put my finger at it now. Connor Evanich did throw four touchdown passes. He had a really great night, and he's the kind of guy that if he gets time and his guys are catching the ball, he will sit there all night and pick you apart. And that's what kind of looks like happened. But I mean, Carrollton, they had the time of possession stats. They had it for 31 minutes of this game, Marlington for just 17. And uh, the turnovers were, I mean, it was Carrollton just uh, threw one interceptions and lost one fumble. Marlington lost a fumble. But, yeah, there wasn't a big – I thought, oh, they must have lost like five fumbles or something like that, but not the case. But just uh, kind of one of those games, it's kind of interesting to look at the stat line. There's something there that's uh, probably not telling the full story. Yeah, it's it's something else. And uh, just to touch on a couple of other things here, we had East Canton defeat Buckeye Trail tonight 14-6. to and then Garraway defeats Sandy Valley 28 to 0. And that will do it for the look around the area. Chris, do you have any closing thoughts tonight? No, just that, you know, it's amazing how quick this, this season has gone. I was talking to somebody, a couple of people tonight over at Maslin before the game, and we were all kind of, it seemed like last year, the six game regular season went by slower than this than this full regular season that we've gone through, you know, at least through nine games so far this year. It's just, it's sailed by, and, you know, rivalry week next week for a lot of teams. And, and of course, uh, you know, with the new playoff ex- format with, you know, top 16 in each region getting in, I think it's taken a little bit of the drama away from week 10 of, winning in and you know all the various uh machinations we always would go through to see how's this team going to get in because it looks like by and large for our teams that the ones that are getting in look like they're they're fairly solidly in save for you know a couple here or there and then uh the ones that aren't you know it's it's sort of it's been one of those years where it's kind of left no doubt there also 
Yes, it's. Uh, I think you're right. Last year did seem to be a, a bit slow just because of everything that was going on in the world. And this year definitely has seemed to breeze by, just like this show. And it's another... Uh, it's another early morning 144 edition here, so we're going to wrap this up. Chris, thanks as always for uh, joining us here. Hey, glad to be with you. All right, and for Cliff Hickman and Chris Easterling, we will catch you next week. Have a nice day.